Welcome to the Make More, Keep More show, an irreverent but never irrelevant show dedicated to all things money. Hosted by Ron Carruthers and Dominic Cummins, two guys with 50 years of combined experience in sales and finance and a lifetime of talking nonsense. Hey, for everybody just joining, we'll make this the official start. This is the Make More, Keep More show. We talk about all things related to money. Um, someone told me just not to forget. Sorry, I'm picking up my kid's um, daughter today, my buddy's daughter today. And uh, yeah, it's been one of those mornings. So I'm Ron Carruthers. Dominic Cummins is my co-host here. And uh, we do this pretty much every Friday, mostly on time, although not today. And uh, we chat about all things related to money. Dominic, how was your trip to Miami? It was uh, busy. It was a busy trip. Uh, was uh, fairly quick. Left Monday, came back. Uh, well, actually came back early this morning. <laughs> so uh, you'll probably hear that in the voice. So it sounds like you've had quite the morning and I haven't had a lot of sleep. So we're going to be on fire today. <laughs> and here's what's funny. I was in Atlanta and I got home. I had the trip from, hey, Dr. Brown. I had kind of, it was a great trip. So business was good, learned a ton, but I left my house at 3.30 in the morning on Monday morning. So I didn't sleep the night before. Traveled all day. Atlanta it wasn't terrible but got there early enough didn't even have my hotel room ready and then um slept pretty good that night didn't sleep as great the next night because my wife decided to call me to check on me right after I'd fallen asleep I told her I was going to sleep so then I was up till four in the morning that day and then it was just like 12 hours to get home um because Delta didn't have any um Delta was sold out and so I had to go United via Houston anyway. So we're both a little punch drunk today. The, right? little, the, the good old George <laughs> Bush uh, airplane, airport, right? Oh, my God. I haven't been there in years. So anyway. Yeah, yeah no, I was actually um, in Fort Lauderdale for most of mine. And on the way out, hit weather in Dallas. My flight was going to get delayed. So I wouldn't have been able to make my connection to go right into Fort Lauderdale. So they actually switched me up to go direct to Miami. And then... Uh, Business tip, by the way, for any of you who do some travel, uh, if you ever really want to have the experience, like if you travel a halfway decent amount, or even if you got a family with you, so that buy the stinking passes to the the clubs. I have a yearly annual membership to the Admirals Club. It's about five hundred bucks. Um, now, I mean, I travel typically a lot more, but uh, it's worth it because the agents inside of the um, this is just a free tip, Ron. Uh, well, they're all free, I guess. But uh, this is uh, something for you guys to do is just buy the membership. It's worth it because you can go up. They have their own gate agents inside of the uh, their own gate agents inside of the, the the clubs. And they're usually very helpful. They're not like it's funny last night. Like when I got down, the gate agents were super nice. I was trying to get on an earlier flight. It was sold out. But if they had, they would have moved me over, done all that inside of the club. I get down to the the gate and the gate agents are just overwhelmed overworked there's a million people in there yelling at them they're not in a good mood so just as a tip definitely worth getting the the membership because if nothing else you get the coffee and the food and everything else and a quiet place coffee. to sit but <laughs> but yeah drinking, coffee's good straight, straight vodka well there's that too eyes. i did have a couple glasses of wine i'm not gonna lie uh but t- on top of that they have their own gate agents that's really the point and they can actually solve a lot of stuff right at the thing like right there versus standing in line so just a little fun fact for travel i would go you know what it's kind of an interesting thing i was thinking about this um now that i will be back on twitter um now that elon musk took over 
<laughs> and um, it was an interesting thing. By the way, we have a really great guest book for next week, Irene the Credit Queen. And um, she's um, amazing, hilarious, very smart. Um, we're going to try to keep the show to a PG-13 rating, but we might not with her. <laughs> so yeah. apologies in advance, but you guys will absolutely love her. But um, As the kids like the to say, things, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. One <clears> of <throat> the things that I was thinking about was what are some life hacks, just like some general life hacks. And one of the things that I have always um, been a big fan of is anything to make to get you into like to save time right because time is the one commodity that you money can re be replaced um if you lose it time can never be replaced and so just a simple tip like i did the same thing i have the priority pass so not every airport has it and it comes with my city um, platinum card but both houston and atlanta have priority pass lounges mm -hmm. and while they don't have gate agents just having a place that's like not quite, if any of you guys have ever been in the Alpha Terminal um, or the Bravo Terminal, A or B over at um, Atlanta, you know, that is an absolute hot mess. There's yep. just people bumping you everywhere. There is no place that you can go to get any sort of, you know, moments reflection or to get any work done. And so cruising over to, um, cruising over to the lounge and just being able to grab a drink you know, have a little bit of peace more so than the other. That makes a huge difference. Yep. Um, I try to fly first. I won't always do it if the price differential is too much. But again, just having that little bit of extra space so I can shut my eyes for a couple of minutes or whatever. Again, it's not trying to show off. It's more trying to get some time, peace and Piece of mind back, so. I, I mean, I, I do typically if I'm flying for client work, usually, you know, I bill them for first class travel. And I make that clear up front. And if they say anything about it, I'm like, look, I can get right off the plane and work. And that's right. a, that's a big part of it. Like I, you know, I'll fly in somewhere, you know, and it's usually, I live on the West coast, we live on the West coast. And so we're usually flying fairly distant, de decent distances, but I've flown to Australia, gotten off the plane and walked into the office and worked the rest of the day. I mean, I'm tired for sure, but I at least got to lay down in a seat and sleep for a good portion of that flight. So there's elements of that. We flew business class to Europe when we went back in May, and um, I cannot sleep on airplanes. I mean, right. like, I don't even try. I mean, I might doze off for five minutes and I'm back awake. There's just, even in first class, but business class where you could lay down, I actually probably caught five hours sleep. And then we flew into Munich, had the hotel, sh they, they, the lounges there have showers. And so took a shower, drank a ridiculous amount of coffee, by the time we got to Rome, I was ready to go. I yep. smelled good. I was clean. I didn't have like airplane nasty, you know, just grease on me from the the air in there. It was great. So, but I'll, so I'll give one last example so we don't hammer this point. The entire show wasn't about airport lounges, but <laughs> I'll give an example again why you guys should spend the money for the the memberships. And yeah, some of the some of the the priority pass works. The Amex, uh, what is it, Centurion Lounge is pretty good too. The one nice thing about the airline lounges is they actually have people in there who can help you with yeah, your the flights. They have gate agents. And I'll give you an example. When I was, we were on our way to the airport on Monday morning, Odon hundred. I mean, well, it was it was still dark. It was, I forget what time we left the house, five o'clock, something like that in the morning. On Monday, 
And as I'm going there, I'm getting alerts that there's weather delays in Dallas. Then I see my connection time shortened from 43 minutes to 20 minutes. And I had to go two complete terminals over and there's no way there's no way you're going to be able to do that. It's just absolutely impossible. Um, And so, you know, I we're running, we were running a little bit. Well, I tend to run hot into the airport anyway. I mean, I've got this down to a science. I got TSA pre-check, usually flying first class and lounge membership. Which is another hack. Kind of the way. Yeah. TSA pre-check's worth every penny. And so I went in there and, and um, so I go and I called American Airlines on the way because I was starting to go like, man, I don't even know if I have time to go to the lounge to get this fixed. I mean, that this is starting to get ugly. American Airlines is like, hold time is 25 minutes. We'll call you back. And so I was like, great. So I uh, go in there, go through security and get through security at our start of boarding, which by the way, you have like about 10, 15 minutes of them boarding. So maybe more. So I ran up to the club real quick and was like, I just, you know, showed my thing, got in, go upstairs. By the time American Airlines called me back, I had a new ticket issued already with a direct flight to Miami because they just handled it at the desk. So then I had another about an hour to kill at the, the lounge, had some coffee. They do avocado toast in the morning, which was great. And, you know, and, like, <laughs> and I went from most L.A. thing ever. Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> but it's uh, but no, actually, they have it all at American Airlines Admirals Clubs now and guacamole in the evenings. Uh, but the uh, so handmade guacamole. But but yeah, so we, we go through and and like that's the thing is I went from like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to make my connecting flight to all right, cool. I'm going to have a little breakfast and chill out and get on my next flight. That's what we're talking about from the like life hack perspective of travel can be stressful regardless. But when you have just a couple little things that go your way or or a moment to recoup once you get through security or whatever changes the whole travel experience. So I'll, just... I'll give you two things. I'll give you two of my favorite life hacks just so you guys know that I have nothing to do with travel. One is even when I was at my brokest, um, which 2008, going through divorce, raising a kid, and with everything that was going on in the markets, I was pretty broke for a period of time there. Um, and living with a teenage, you know, raising a teenager, um, I had a housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Just having someone to come and do the laundry and do just clean the place. So at least it might be messy during the week, but it was never dirty. And my laundry got done and my sheets got changed and all that stuff. That's a huge one. And then a few years ago, I ran into a lady at the gym. I was going to like a smaller, like semi-private training gym at the time. This lady comes hauling in with like all these bags of food and starts putting them in the gym refrigerator. I'm like, hey, Cynthia, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm a private chef, you know, for like normies. And uh, I make meals. You just tell me what you like. I have a menu every week. And so Cynthia has been like my meal lady for, for the week, um, for the last five or six years. So I don't, I don't have to go to the grocery store at all. I don't have to spend anything. I can tell her exactly what I like, which is lots of meat, what I don't like, celery, um, and a couple other things. And I get a rotating menu and yeah, it costs me a little bit more. But really not that much more. First of all, it saves me money because I don't have to spend any time. But right. when I go to Trader Joe's and try to add up, like, how much more am I really paying her? I'm probably paying her a 20% premium. But I probably get back six hours a week from not having to deal with it and just waking up in the morning and grabbing, like, two meals and heading down to the office. And I'm going to eat, you know, something good. So I, I don't even know what we were supposed to talk about today. Other stuff. But and, well, uh, another yeah, life hack going along those lines is at a minimum, if you can't afford a housekeeper, get a dang Roomba. 
<clears throat> it's amazing how that thing is awesome. Like, like that's the best little like investment you'll make and get a good one. Don't buy the Chinese knockoff one that's mapping your house out and sending it to the spot. I I'm just you're kidding. allowed to say that. Are you not allowed to say that? Oh, well, well. Like, hey, man, of all the things you say, I'm allowed one Ron, once in a while. So, he, what, what client told me yesterday, he's like, Ron, you are so cancelable. I'm like, I'm like, easy. They can't cancel me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so I don't know what you're supposed to get, but don't get the knockoff ones that are mapping your house out for some aforementioned country. No, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. I, I'm sure Roomba's... You, think? you know what? I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, well, just, just oh, where they can land and, and plot out your place. No, but Roombas are awesome. Like, they're the best. Like, that's just like a cool little thing you just turn it on you control it from your phone you can control it from that lady who i have one here in the office so if i say her name she'll ask me or record the rest of this conversation or something but um but uh the amazon device but uh yeah so i mean they're they're really cool and and it's awesome it's like you know and and my wife and we keep a clean house but it's amazing what that thing picks up just running on a daily basis that's and cool it's you it's know what i gotta get me one of those because i got the puppy shredding stuff oh everywhere. yeah they make a pet version of it too we don't have the pet level one because we don't have pets that shed like our fish don't create much uh dirt in the house um but the uh the, the koi pond <laughs> but uh but yeah they're they're really good somebody did ask actually and this is sort of along the life hack side of things the real MS CEO, I think, or um, real Miss CEO. I don't know. I'm the worst at interpreting these uh, the handles. So if I got that wrong, I apologize. But do you guys know about private banking? I would think private banking kind of falls a little bit into that hack as a as a uh, former banker myself. What are your thoughts on private banking? And well, there's two types of private banking. There so are. the first one is: Do you have a bank where they know you? It's a small bank, and, and they walk in, and it's like Cheers. If you guys are old enough to remember Cheers, and everyone's like, "Hey Norm," or "Hey Ron," or "Hey Dom," or "Hey Maddie, CE, Mr. CEO," or whatever it was. Um, the other type of private privatized banking is kind of where you go in, and they do the. Um, it's also called infinite banking and bank on yourself and stuff like that. And it's basically where you set up a life insurance policy that's fairly max funded. It is max funded. You've got to capitalize it for a couple, three years, and then you use the cash value in that to kind of fund the rest of your lifestyle. So I don't know which version. And if you are still on, if you want to let us know a little bit more of which version you're asking about, we'd be happy to go into that for you. I do. And think- I do. Go ahead actually do the privatized banking myself i do recommend it for clients um in fact i'm chatting with someone right after this show that um is a super successful dentist and he's got a bunch of cash laying around and we're going to use that to fund kind of his own bank and then he can turn around and use it to finance his equipment and do whatever meanwhile the money's growing in a tax-free environment which for high income earners, which really, again, you don't have to make that much to kind of jump tax brackets these days, and likely will have to make even less in the future. It's, it's a slick way to, to kind of manage your own banking, not have to work with bankers, because we have another client right now dealing with his first like business banking loan that's a tax client of ours. And he was kind of, he was the one that told me I was going to get canceled. I'm like, not even. Um, 
but he's like never dealt with bankers before so he's like well, oh my god they're asking for a lot of stuff i'm like yeah don't you know the number one rule of banking is you have to absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt prove to them that you do not need a dime of that money uh, you know you're doing them a favor by taking your money and that's the only way they're going to lend it to yeah, you basically <laughs> you know well i will say the there's... mark twain quote yeah a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun is shining and want it back the minute it begins to rain. Truer words were never spoken. It's so what true. Say, I will say there. So, I mean, there is the small bank. I, I'm wondering if, if well, it doesn't sound like they might be on still, but like private banking, there's another kind of version I'll say. So you have your small banks who know you, who know where, you know, and actually can do some stuff. There are some of the larger banks do have actual private banking programs where you can have, um, uh, usually it's asset based. So, and there's levels. So there's like, you know, there's private banking and there's private banking. Um, right. But there is private banking where you can get into. Uh, and sometimes some of those in, initial, like, I think uh, I remember back in like when I worked at City, I don't even know if this is still a case. I don't think we really bank at City anymore. Or my wife might, but I don't think we do. But um, like they had like a City Gold account. Well, it was actually pretty decent. Some of the perks that came with it. And your mortgage would count. So it just depends. Like debt can actually account count. So sometimes people are like, well, I don't have a million dollars. Well, yeah, but you have a $700,000 mortgage. You're a long way there, right? So there, there it can go. be. Now you get into like Chase private banking, like in the, the high end Chase, then they might look for a million dollars worth of, of private assets or, or liquid assets, I should say, or at least a million dollars worth of assets. Let's put it that way versus debt um, included into that. Um, they're interesting because not they being like Chase, but just in general, those programs can be really good um, in the sense of like the fall, why I said it kind of falls under the life hack thing. You know, if you just if I ran private banking for a while and I had some clients who were like super wealthy, didn't keep their a lot of money in their checking account and would overdraw their checking account all the time, which sounds like somebody who's wealthy <laughs> wouldn't do that. But, you know, they yeah. kept their big accounts at Merrill. I know this is going back a few years, but you know, big accounts at Mayor, I worked at city, but in, at big accounts over there. And then they were like, oh crap, you know, and then they had somebody they could call and just say, Hey, can you cover that 30,000 that I just overdrew my account by? Because we knew they were good for it. Cause they all in had a couple of million dollars with us or 10 or 20 or hundred million dollars with us. And you, you, that wasn't an issue. So they also private bankers tend to be a little bit more slick on the lending side. And we've talked about this in past episodes as well is lending is interesting, especially when you own a small business, you got to get somebody who actually understands how small business works with some of the taxable or stuff that you might do on your tax return to make it look like you don't make a lot of money. But if you got a smart private banker who does this type of lending, my brother-in-law is one of those, he's more on the lending side than private banking, but like they know how to add back in depreciation and they know how to add back in some of that stuff, which really should be there really is a, a gain, but shows as a loss on a tax return and, and they can do some of that type of stuff. So private banking is cool, but I do think what Ron's talked about is, is and I'm super interested in this and actually we do need to book our appointment with you to, to talk through some of that stuff, but like this whole, you know, whole life, pro how do you always phrase it? Properly structured. Properly structured cash value life insurance. Yeah. The properly it's structured ninja. seems to it, be key. It, <laughs> and by the way, real quickly, before we go back to that next week, Irene um, is a business credit expert. So she's one of the many things that she'll chat about because um, she talks faster than I do, uh, if such a thing is possible, mm. is she'll talk about how do you build your business credit? 
which is really a completely different strategy than you might go to build personal credit. So we're going to have a chat about that to get, you know, about getting trade lines set up and how you do them and all those sorts of things. So, and she does some financial literacy stuff, literacy stuff that's really good. Back to the properly structured cash value life insurance. It was the original Roth IRA. So what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, and I get over on Twitter, I get the CFPs and the CF CFAs that want to fight me about, you know, no, you need to max out every dollar in your 401k. And I'm always the one that like, eh, you might not want to do that. You know, taxes are still historically lower than they were. The top bracket is lower than the entry level brackets or the second brackets were, you know, 40 years ago. Sure. So historically taxes have gone very high and so you might not want to have all your eggs in that basket particularly when you get to things like provisional income tax where they will add back even municipal bond interest to allow them to tax your social security then you have irma have you ever heard of irma i don't know Irma. it's not a lady it's a it's a tax where well then depending on the more money you make the more they make you pay for your medicaid I mean, you're uh, not Medicaid, but uh, Medicare. So they charge you more for your Medicare the more you take out of your 401k. So the government's got some sneaky nonsense in there. And when they came up with the idea for the Roth IRA back in 1997, 25 years ago, um, Bill Clinton was president. It was the Taxpayer Relief Act. Where they got that was from the way corporate America and wealthy individual Americans and not so wealthy individual Americans were using cash value life insurance as kind of their own bank. So again, it's not right for everyone. It's not right for every situation. There's some guys on the internet and TikTok where they act like it's the only place you should, you know, ever put your money. That's simply foolish to, to say that. However, it is an asset class that should be looked at because let me give you guys my portfolio rundown. My um, stocks are down 30%. And that's good because they were down 35% or 40% a few weeks ago. My crypto, I don't even want to talk about. Yeah, a part of it got delisted. So I don't know if I'll ever see that money again. Bonds are down 20%. Um my cash real estate is starting to come back down because of interest rates. My cash value life insurance hasn't lost the dime. So, you know, hey, the idea is if I was in retirement, then I've got one place that I can go get some money in a tax-free environment that hasn't taken the hit while all the other assets get time to breathe. But on the good years, I'm getting eight and a half, nine percent average on that without any downside. So again. Yeah, the fees are a little high in the first few years, and, and you have to qualify for it. There's a couple other oddities about it, but when you compare that to a 30% loss, a 50% loss, not having access to the money until you're 59 and a half, the government adding a bunch of rules on it, it's not that bad. Yeah. And it's just different. What were we actually going to talk about today? By the way, for anybody just joining us while you try to remember, because I don't, <laughs> um, we are the Make More, Keep More show. Normally, we're a little less punch drunk and jet lag, but today is the travel. Ron and Dominic, we're traveling all week. We're both kind of trashed. And I uh, dude, and I have appointments today. When this is done, I go, I go from 15 minutes after the show right up until 5.30 tonight when my wife picks me up to take me to some event. 
And in the middle of it, I just got a note. You guys might've seen it uh, pass on the screen that I got to pick up my buddy's um, 12 year old from school. Cause she, her school is right around the office and drop her off at the babysitter's house, which is right. Also right around from the office. So <laughs> anyway, what were we going to talk my about? My schedule is not oh, as bad, but I got a ton of follow-up stuff to do. So I don't have appointments, but this is like oh, a lot of work man. and you're like, Oh man, I'm tired. And Yvonne was like, why don't you just take a nap after the show? And I'm like, that's not going to happen. So, yeah, cause no, you know how it is no, like, I, you get I, off that flight, you come home and you're like, kind of wound up and so it was a, it's yep. a whole thing so yeah now we're uh we're in a thing well we were going to talk about some stuff around like uh personal stressors in life and how to deal with that but i do think some of this financial talk is is good as well so i mean we can keep on that if people have questions around some of the financial stuff i think um you know you guys own any facebook stock <laughs> or you guys facebook employees man that's not a rough i don't know how it did yesterday and if any of you guys what on Twitter, Twitter's getting delisted today as it goes private because uh, my man Elon bought it. Is he really your man though? I mean, really? You know, I can never know what to think uh, about. He's him. an interesting. He he's is an interesting cat. There's no question. You know, uh, he's definitely an interesting guy. Look, my beef with Twitter goes back to December of 2020, and I love Twitter. Um, December of 2020, I said one thing right around Christmas, negative about CNN, and they complained about it. And I ended up in Twitter jail for 12 hours where they locked my account. And it was totally stupid. Basically, all I said was CNN sucked. And which CNN absolutely sucks. I hate CNN. And no, I don't like Fox News. They suck too. But just CNN sucks longer and harder and worse. And that wasn't the problem. It was, it was right around Christmas. I was like, okay, 12 hours, I won't be on my account. But then what they did is they jammed up my account and I could see my, I could tell they started shadow banning me. So where you're posting stuff, but they're suppressing it. And that just pissed me off some fears because it was like, look, I say one thing you guys don't like. It wasn't saying the orange man was good. It wasn't political. It was literally stating an objective fact that CNN sucks. And, and I hate them. And why I hate them, by the way, is they absolutely terrified my mom during COVID, you know, to the point that my mom basically didn't leave her house for a couple of years. I'm just like, oh my God. And they were showing like the running death toll. And, you know, anyway, it, it was just like, God, these guys suck. Like, how can anybody watch this all day and not want to off themselves? And because that's all it was. They had it on in my buddy's house. Actually, the buddy whose kid I'm picking up today we're up at their cabin and I'm like, how do you guys even put this crap on? I'm like, oh, it's like that all day. And yeah. So I made my tweet. CNN sucks. Like, how can you not watch this? How can you watch this and still retain your will to live? Oh, you're encouraging suicide. Like, what? And then that wasn't even, okay, put me in Twitter jail. Fine, let me out. But they started screwing with my account. And then it managed. So I've posted there on and off for the last two years, but really begrudgingly. I think so there's a, anyway, there's an interesting part to that, though, that they're just speaking of for, forget for a moment your opinion of CNN or, or Fox, for that matter. It just news in general is I think, you know, <laughs> when, I, you, when you Dominic, did I mention that CNN? Yes, sucks? you've saw, you've mentioned that <laughs> repeatedly, actually. And I don't like MSNBC either. And I don't like Fox and I don't like NBC. I don't like CBS. Dominic. I have a lot of hate in my heart. Yes, you yeah, do. Yeah, you know why I go to church twice a week. So imagine if I did. Let's let's get back on some form of topic here that will be interesting to anybody out there. But I think if, what is interesting is so I you know I did that leadership training last week and and I've been developing a bunch of new content around this. 
but it is kind of fascinating when you study like stress. Cause I bring this up because of what you said about like your mom's stress and the stuff that was going on and people leaving the TV on all the time. And, um, without getting too deep into it, cause it's easier if I always had like some slides and show you guys, but like, there's actually some interesting elements to the brain itself. Right. So one of the big parts or one of the, it's actually a very tiny part of our brain, but it's a important part of our brain is something called your amygdala. There's lots of good movie quotes about your amygdala, but, um, but the interesting thing about the amygdala for me is that that's like what controls essentially part of what it controls is your scare, like the scared part of your brain, right? So the fight or flight mechanism of your brain and why that's relevant though, is because normally your frontal lobe, like the logical part of your brains kind of keeps control of your amygdala and says like, Hey, it's not that bad. Now what's cool about the amygdala, let's say you're out on a hike and you're kind of in some like you're on a trail like what we would have here in the hills or out by the water, which might involve rattlesnakes. The amygdala does a nice job of you're walking along and all of a sudden you kind of levitate because and you're like two feet over from where you were. It's because you heard something and before you even processed it, your amygdala made you act for, for your safety's sake. Then you have that moment where your logic kicks in and goes, it was literally just the wind or it was a rock I kicked or it, you know, it was nothing. And that's your frontal lobe basically saying, calm down, dude, it's not that bad, right? And then you kind of have that moment where you're like, look around, I hope nobody saw that. But why it's relevant to what we're talking about, why I brought this up, bring this up with like regard to CNN and even what we were going to talk about, like the life stressors type of thing, repeated ongoing stress creates this part with your amygdala where it's, it starts to become very difficult for it to manage that stress. And it continues to be in this stress state. And what if it happens, and now I'm not a doctor, I just study this stuff a lot. But like my version of it is, is the frontal lobe finally goes, whatever, dude, do whatever you want. Like it just gives up. It gives up trying to control that, that whole amygdala piece. And why does that matter? Well, it's really interesting is people when their amygdala is overly stressed, go one of two directions. They go into hyperactivity or they go into absolute the opposite, like lay down on a couch and do nothing. And when people do one of those two things, like usually it's one or the other, like they get absolutely stressed. I was talking to a good friend of mine this week about that. And he tends to go into ultra stressed out hyperactivity, try to double down on figuring out everything in his life. And his wife actually lays down on the couch and kind of watches junk TV. And, and that's two different examples when people are under like extreme stress. The next stage of that though, is at some point you're going to try to put a damper on those things. And it usually is to overeating and over drinking. Again, why do I bring that up in the context of the Fox and CNN, the whole, that whole discussion is turn off the dang news once in a while. Like what's happening is I think for most people is they've gone from the thing that, you know, get home at the end of the day, you've had a long day, you're, you know, tired, whatever. We used to flip our TV on and and hang out like and just watch a little TV or go on social media and watch a little bit of that. And yet what's happening for a lot of people right now is they're ending up. It's it's actually creating more stress. It's like going the opposite direction of what it used to be. Put your feet up, grab a drink, enjoy some TV to grab, you know, uh, sit down, put your feet up, watch TV, get more angry, drink more, get more angry. Even <laughs> then yeah. drink even more, still get more angry, and still get more angry. And at some point, like or eat more, whatever your whatever your thing is um, to, to create that kind of offset. So, you know, just as a side note to this is like that stuff, like I encourage leaders, I encourage people I work with and clients and stuff is sometimes you got to just turn off the news. Um, that news running 24 seven, and I don't care where you're getting it from. If it's, 
anything from CNN to Truth Social. It doesn't matter. It's going to stress you out. So just, you know, be aware of that. Be aware that your brain literally can't handle it at some point. So that's yeah, my PSA they, for today while Ron Diaz disappeared. Well, even, yeah, even if you see some of the prominent, you know, people on both sides of the political spectrum, you know, that are in the culture war or whatever you want to call it. By the way, the, the puppy's overly quiet and I can't find it. So if you're wondering where I'm at, I'm trying to find the puppy because if anything happens to the puppy, this phone call will be taking place from deep in the heart of Mexico next week where I will be in hiding um, because the brown girl will try to kill me. Yeah, but that's where her family's um, from, so I don't know if that's good yeah, for you to hide there. Yeah, but she doesn't speak there. Spanish. She's oh, never okay. Been, you know, Got she's it. been to Cancun like once. Maybe you can hide out with yeah, one of your I, cousins. But my, my wife is half Native American, half Mexican, speaks zero Spanish. And so actually at the family gatherings for the side of the family that only speaks Spanish, I'm the interpreter. But yeah, I'm not really sure where Scarlet the puppy's hiding right now. And she's awfully dang quiet. But yeah, that's one of the number one things that people that are like involved in that, I'm just going to turn this camera and take it with me, is yeah, just get off social media for a little bit. You know, let, let your brain reset. And by the way, do the opposite which is, I would argue, putting positive stuff in there. Yeah. Listen to a compelling autobiography or biography of, of someone who overcame, you know, challenges. Put, read a business book, you know, pick one of your favorite, watch. And by the way, big fan of garbage TV. Oh, yeah. hold on. This is freaking ridiculous. She crawled up to, into my wife's laundry basket <laughs> and she's sitting there and I can't take it. Hold on, I'm going to turn the camera back on and then we're going to flip the camera around. And you guys will get to see my dog. There is my dog chilling in the basket there. <laughs> Tell me that dog isn't super cute. All right, that's enough of the dog. Um, all right, you had me worried, kid, for a little bit. God, you're okay. Yeah, you know how it's just like my medulla, whatever it was, or my oblongata, or what, medulla, what, oblongata, whatever we yeah, were talking about was like, man, it is awfully quiet and i got a puppy who's normally chewing on my toes or something so let me make sure the dog's all right yep okay we can go back to work now yeah well there we go at least we got that taken care of mystery solved where was the where was scarlet yeah i think uh, filling your brain with some positive stuff is good or just don't underestimate the power of like for me sometimes when i'm like this will sort of be life hacky sort of thing i don't know or whatever like when i'm overly stressed out too i'll just read a book has nothing to do with business and nothing to do with biographies you know like i'll read a uh you know well he's passed away now but first one that came to mind was tom clancy you know i'll read a tom clancy novel or something i'll read just that that's my like escape i I'm not a big TV guy as Ron, to Ron's eternal dismay at every show he asks me if I've watched. I haven't watched it. You know what's so funny? Here's what's crazy. I'll go in waves. I really don't watch that much TV. I throw, I've got my schedule down. So on Monday and Thursday nights, I get home right at the fourth quarter, the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter of either the Monday night football game or the Thursday night football game. And if it's anywhere good, I'll flip it on and have it in the background while I'm getting like my dinner heated up and stuff like that. Um, on Sunday, really, really rarely will I sit down and watch an entire game unless I've got some studying to do. So like right now I'm studying for a pilot's exam. And so I've got my the quiz questions on my phone. So between every play, I can blow through two or three quiz questions, watch what's going 
blow through a couple more questions, watch the play, watch the replay, blow through a couple more questions. However, anyone who has not seen The Wire needs to fix that immediately. <laughs> Dominic, how many times do I have to tell you? Dude, I don't know. And anybody who's seen five years Wire, of telling me this, at least. Yeah, actually, more like 10 because it ended. Uh, when did it end? I think it ended like 15 years ago. Dude, it's, it's such a good show. I just started um, Better Call Saul. Watched that on my flight out. That's actually, and I didn't love Breaking Bad. I like like the last three seasons, but did you watch Breaking Bad at all? No. Okay, well, it was a high school chemistry teacher who goes bad and starts making drugs to treat his cancer, like this special kind of crack or meth or whatever, and then becomes like the kingpin. But he's such an unlikable guy, and he's so rough with all the other drug dealers. They're constantly like, man, we should just kill this dude. And I kept thinking, like, yeah, like, please, he's so annoying. Whereas the lawyer that kind of helped him out, they're telling his backstory on Better Call Saul, and he's actually really likable, at least in my opinion. So Yeah, I've watched Game of Thrones. I haven't watched... uh, Well, the first six seasons were good. Season seven and eight absolutely sucked and ruined it for the rest of it. And then I didn't really get into the prequel. They, They ran that. I watched an episode or two and didn't hate it didn't love it just had better things to watch yeah so um but i do read a lot of books so i read you know business books and stuff and then i read probably i don't know 60 to 70 uh like you know tom clancy s you know uh what is his name uh john sanderson the prey series i read all that type of stuff and just enjoy that like you know and that's my that's my instead of watching a lot of tv i do watch football I don't watch any other sport because I watch, you know, I watch most of the football and I have season tickets. So I'm definitely tied up on Sundays for football. But like um, I don't watch any other sports mostly until the playoffs. So I'll watch NBA playoffs pretty deep into the playoffs and I'll watch baseball deep into the playoffs. Big Dodger yeah. fan, obviously that didn't feel good this year, but my kids are Padre fans. Oh, no, so they were happy. What are you talking about? It felt great. Yeah, that's just <laughs> awesome. Especially to lose to the Padres, who have forty-two thousand fans in total. Like that's their entire fan base, and they uh, know nothing about baseball. And and it was definite that they were going to lose the next round. But you know, whatever. And and got in hey, on man. a. I lived down in crappy season. I was a Dodger fan growing up, but Padres are now that I live down here are the only team. The Padres and a and a minor league hockey team are the only things yeah. that we have down here. That's oh, we got good. San Diego State. San Diego State's football team is decent. Yes, and we good. got a new stadium for them. But um, yeah, we'll take whatever we can get down here. And it actually was kind of fun to see the town get a little bit excited about it. You know, barely they took a break from their. Uh, wheatgrass shakes and surfing to watch the Padres and you'd see a lot of hats and stuff. Hey man, back to, back to business and, and stress and things like that. What else, what else do you want to say about it? By the way, this is our travel for anybody just joining us. This is our post travel episode. We both were traveling this week. I think we're both a little overly tired. We have a great guest book for next week. This one is the kind of like, what haven't we discussed that we want to get out of the way? But um, by the way, and you can find more coherent back episodes at makemorekeepmoreshow.com or your favorite podcasting service. Ooh, I like that. But um, what else do we want to chat about today, man? Well, one of the things you know, I chatted a little bit about ahead of time um, is what were some of the like, how do you, do, we've talked a lot about before in past episodes, like that mindset around, Okay, market conditions are tough, right? The stock market's down. 
crypto, you know, has been kicked in the tenders. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, COVID war, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, how do you deal with that when you're running a business? And I think you brought up some interesting stuff. This kind of come this last week when we were trying to chat and we believe it or not, folks, we do actually chat about the show and what we're going to talk about. Um, but sometimes uh, we chat more than other times. Yeah. And well, we chat, it's funny cause we've spent 45 minutes of the show, not talking about what we said we were going to talk about, but this, you know, this, this, this is what y'all tune in. Cause for, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but we were talking about like personal stresses, right? Like the things that, that bother you that, that are, that are may or may not be in your control that can bother you that are on the personal side and the impact those can have in your business. So I was just thinking this is interesting, like according to psych central, um, uh, is, uh, 10, 10 most, uh, 10 most stressing life event, top 10 stressors in life is what they, how they title it. Death of a spouse, divorce, marital separation. I guess that's stage one of the number one being incarcerated. I mean, Ron, you should be able to weigh in a lot on that. Nope. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> death of a close family member, major per personal injury or illness, marriage, being fired or laid off from work, marital reconciliation that's interesting is one of the top stressors and retirement so you remember because you remember why you separated from the person in the first place probably probably what i mean sadly that was true in my case because we split with my with my kid's mom you know we split up got back together and a month or two was great and then we were right back into the same you know patterns and like oh this is why we split up so i get that keep yeah. going so I think when you, when you face these, like, so, okay, so let's say, let's say you have a death of a spouse, most business, let's say you're working for a company. Most businesses would give you some form of bereavement, a little bit of bereavement time off. Not probably not much, but they'll give you some, um, in most places, actually they don't have birth on here, but I think that's actually one that's probably somewhat stressful to a new child coming along. Um, it can be, I mean, it's obviously happy, but it's stressful. Like, what are you going to do with that? Personal injury or illness, most businesses will give you some form of time off because you have some sick time accrued to that. But I think about a lot of these other ones, like you don't get an opportunity. And if you're self-employed, you don't have any time off for a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't really have that. And I was thinking that, that was when we were, you were kind of bringing up this topic of like, what are stressful events, dealing with those things, some advice around those, because you and I have both been through divorces. Um, you know, uh, we've both had people close to us in our lives die. Um, you know, your father passed away, my father's passed away. Right. So we've had family illnesses. I've personally had some per personal illnesses at times. I think you had some stuff too, uh, a few years ago. So those are things that are tough to do to weather, um, as a business owner, especially, or even if you're an employee and they may or may not give you time. I mean, then I can tell you this, like when I got divorced, I was working for a major corporation. They didn't give me time off to deal with my divorce. Yep. That wasn't their problem. Right. So, you know, what are your, what are your thing? I mean, having been through some of this stuff, like what's your advice? Like, I mean, I can give some stuff, but like, what have, what have you dealt with that? Or how have you dealt uh, with some of these things? I, I skew two ways. One, both are effective. However, I, I think the second one is probably more realistic. So I will try to buy every resource, every book, everything on the topic, whether it's a business problem, when I was going through my divorce and trying not to get divorced. I mean, I probably bought 20 books and read 20 books on how to save your marriage and how to do this. And by the way, most were hot garbage. Um, but you can see a theme through that that actually worked, which is how we got back together. It just didn't solve the underlying problems. 
that that had developed over you know 10 years and my kid's mom is a good person we just you know we got married young i was 21 she was 21 and by you know 35 30 early 30s we were just two different people sure and with totally different goals in life and um but three great kids you know that we both adore um but anyway another thing is i actually went to go see someone now i did not do well in traditional talk therapy so like but i was like hey if this helps i'm gonna try it i found a guy um that does kind of alternate stuff so i don't know dominic are you even familiar with eft mm-hmm. or topping they call yeah, you it actually brought it up one time before on the show so yeah briefly. so i don't know if any of you guys on here that have ever done what they call eft emotional freedom technique or uh tapping where you're actually i first read about it in a jack canfield book if you guys don't know who jack canfield is he's the chicken soup for the soul guy with mark victor hansen and jack's the saner of the two although jack's an interesting kind of strange man but he basically went and did the napoleon hill thing where he um chronicled the principles of successful people and and one of his books by the way the the success principles is one of the best books about the science of success ever written so if you guys haven't read that highly recommend you know that book is as good as anything by dan kennedy for marketing and pricing and stuff but um he talked about it and the context that he told it in was um he was doing a big seminar and a lady they were talking about inhibitors to business and one lady stood up and was like i'm a real estate agent and i have um a fear of stairs she's like in fact i came to the seminar paid for the seminar today and it was up like a big at a hotel up a big you know grand staircase in the ballroom up there and she goes if i hadn't been able to find the elevator i was going to turn around and get my car and go home yeah. he's like what he's like all right everybody takes the entire seminar they 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 go in the lobby of the hotel so you know a couple hundred people and they have her tap which is where you're actually hitting different points on your body on your the side of your hand above your eye temple under your eye under your nose under your mouth and i think the chest and some people do the head and under your armpit and those are nerve points that kind of reset your nervous system and so he had her do 10 minutes of tapping and kind of affirmations, you know, about not being scared of stairs and being confident and whatever. And he's like, all right, walk up the staircase, walk back down, walk up the staircase, walk back down, which she did. Boom, problem solved. Before that, this lady would not, like if she was showing a house, she would not go into the upstairs. I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to let you guys just have some privacy. I'll just wait down here. And uh, she would have an assistant go and map everything out and take photos for it because she would not walk up the flipping stairs. And so I read that and I'm like, that's interesting. And my wife was going to a, a guy that she actually knew as a kid who had kind of specialized in this now. She's like, you need to go see this guy. So I'm like, all right. I'll go see him. And I, it was really helpful for getting some of the garbage out of my brain that accumulated from the divorce, particularly being in finance for years, having done everything right. And then all of a sudden being broke and very broke and it totally messed my head up. And so 10 years later, I'm not broke, but I'm not, you know, there's stuff, I'm just doing stuff that's inhibiting what's going on. And that was fantastic. And if you guys haven't tried it, highly recommend it. Nick Ortner writes a bunch of books about it. Um, Jack Canfield wrote a book about it. 
um, it helps. So like if when I was going to court for a couple of things that I would just get stressed out about, I'd like go back into the car, tap for 10 minutes, and, and I could noticeably feel my stress levels drop. So that's one thing I do. And there's something called candle breathing that also helps work kind of, it's almost like panting where it gets the stress out of your body and the fight or flight syndrome. So I recommend those two things. And, and again, I am the, you know, a martini drinking, like I'm not one of the hippies that lives here in California. As <laughs> anybody who knows me can vouch, I'm not a vegan. I don't do yoga. Most I occasionally have done do it, but I'm like, if it works, I'm down. Right. And so to manage your stress, if you guys are going through a rough time and look, man, we got some clients who work for Facebook, you know, and I talked to one of them yesterday and he was not having a good day. Right. Cause he's like, that's my compensation. You know, he's watching a huge chunk of his compensation evaporate. Amazon's down. The market in general is crap. Um, and you know, what are the, what's the statistic? One in five people are having to decide, decide right now between groceries or heating their house as it gets colder. Yep. It, it's, you know, the economy is in a rough place right now. So th that's what I do. How about yourself? Well, I think you bring up an interesting, I haven't tried that stuff, which is good. I, I think it's funny as it sounds. And it's, it's actually made me think of a, it's really good. Yeah. I definitely look into it. I think one thing that and it sounds silly, but just breathing is amazing. And we have a we have a friend of ours. Actually, it just made me think I'll, I should ask him to come on the show. I think he'd be hilarious. Um, and uh, uh, his name is Vivek. So I'll see if he wants to uh, join us on an episode. You'll you'll love it. Actually, funny enough, Alessandra literally just texted me because she you know helps monitor the show and the questions that we miss and once in a while keep us back on track. Uh, she just wrote, "You got to get Vivek on to talk about meditation for stress." So um it's, right. we actually I'm will down. get him on he's great and he's just fun to listen to his voice there's something about his voice just listening to him he's just amazing anyway but uh that said is i think breathing is actually really fascinating to me um you know it's uh you know just he he actually he'll explain it much better but the way he says is like in through your head down through your heart into your stomach and then stomach through your heart back out through your head and when you really think about that that's like getting that deep breathing thing it's amazing what that can do now that won't fix if you have the underlying stress and even he said this we were talking the other day because he's coming out with some new programs and stuff for meditation and whatnot but he was actually talking about that and he said you know breathing isn't going to solve it like sometimes you actually need to go see somebody and i think that's kind of what you were referencing is like just breathing on itself isn't going to help but it will reinforce some of the other things but it does th make me think of like one of the things to do is you got to get people in your life who can talk to you for real. So I think let's say use the divorce example. You know, my dad used to say, and I'm sure he wasn't the only one to ever say this, but he used to say there's his side, her side, and the truth. Like, right. And and there's an element of, of there's, I mean, there's, that's true. Right. So, so I think that the, the, what interesting is when you go through something like a divorce, you can always find the people with like, yeah, I never liked her anyway. And it reinforces, and it does make you feel good. Right. And, and you're like, yeah, exactly. Right. And she was horrible. But I remember one of my buddies, his name is Travis and Travis was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing. Like it usually takes two in these situations. And it was one of those, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it just resets you. And I think, so the, the point being is like, have, have, um, I mean, it's even like a scriptural principle, scriptural principle, like in the multitude of counselors, right? I think that there, you got to have the people around you who actually once in a while tell you the truth. 
um, who just won't tell you what you need, you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear. I do think that's an element. And if you don't have those friends, then it all underscores the importance of then going and seeking out somebody from a, from a professional perspective. And, and I still think, I think we're the world that we live in is getting better about seeking professional help. I think that's become less of a stigma. You know, I think my mom is still of the, the generation that's like, I mean, I've heard her say, well, if you need to see a counselor, you just lack faith, you know, and you're like, okay, right. But <laughs> I can hear your mom saying you that. can hear my mom saying that. Right. So I, I, I don't know that that's that, but thankfully that that generation is less and less, but I think there's a bit of that still hanging out there or the feeling you kind of alluded to it is like, there's an embarrassment factor when you go through some of this stuff. Um, you know, again, of these stressors, divorce, even health, like is embarrassing. Like I had a health thing last year at the end of the year, I had to go get surgery. I had a kidney stone. And, and it's funny because I just actually was starting to say how it's embarrassing. And I almost didn't want to say it's a kidney stone because there's a certain amount of embarrassment with a kidney stone, right? Like, like it, it just sounds weird. Now it turns out it's probably because I didn't drink enough water and ate too many peanuts. And apparently in California, we have kidney stones more than any other place because we have hard water. And we have a ton of fresh nuts, like all both people mentally, we have a lot of those, but, <laughs> but no, but I mean, we get almonds grow. We're you know, one of the largest growers of almonds in the world, or if not the largest grower of almonds, grower of peanuts, all that type of stuff. And apparently something in those contributes to it as does spinach. So then if you think you're eating all green and healthy in California, you're eating spinach. So it's all that type of stuff, right? So it's really shouldn't be embarrassing. And it's funny, once I started talking about how many people would go, dude, I had a kidney stone or, oh man, I think I have one. What's that like? And it's funny how like talking about some of these things and being open about it gets a lot of that out there, but you can end up being embarrassed. I have a good buddy of mine who's been incarcerated and the whole story behind why he got incarcerated is just jacked up. And it's, it's so dumb. It's political. It's, it's, whatever. And, but you know, like this, does he want to talk about that? Of course not. Like, so I think a lot of these, I want to talk about it. I want to know what your friend did. Yeah. Tell so, me offline. But, but it, the, the, uh, had to do a little with taxes. We'll just put it that way. So, um, <laughs> th they do come after you, but, uh, but anyway, so, um, eventually they do eventually they do. But, but you know, like the thing <laughs> is, is all of these things that you know, stressors, sometimes we can feel a little bit nervous to talk about how we're feeling and and that's where sometimes it's good to have other people but then like for me my my default is I tend to overshare anyway and so I'll it's funny like I used to when I was doing that weekly mashup I used to do I do those one minute videos of every week and um sometimes I would share something on a personal nature like I'm struggling with uh you know imposter syndrome or whatever it was and it was amazing how many DMs I would get with they're like, oh my God, I'm so glad you talked about this. Cause a lot of these yeah. stressors people just won't talk about. And and I think you and I, like one of the things of this show is we just that's why we're transparent about it. Like we could you could paint the picture of being a financial guy who's never been broke. You could, but why? Like just talk about it, right? And and we could paint the picture that we're, you know, excited to be here every Friday, which we are. Well, sometimes we're most, exhausted. Most Fridays. <laughs> yeah. And like a couple of weeks ago, I mean, when we started this season, we started it, we delayed by a week or two because we had too much crap going on and we couldn't get the show right. So we just delayed it. And I think that's where you get a lot of these, you know, internet gurus won't admit to faults. And that creates more of this environment where there's embarrassment around sharing your issues. So, well, yeah. And then you have to maintain that image the whole time. Oh, yeah. 
Um, one of the reasons you guys all know I love Dan Kennedy. And um, Dan Kennedy, if you're not familiar with Dan Kennedy, is a really, really smart guy. If you guys know Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels, they just purchased Dan's company because Dan doesn't want to run his company. He just wants to write and put out content. And when I first met Dan, what I loved about him was he talked about from the stage at like a Peter Lowy success seminar, if you guys are too old to know that. It was basically an all-day seminar. They'd get 10 different speakers. Zig Ziglar would speak there, Tommy Hopkins, which is an old sales trainer. And then they'd get like a rotating crew of a retired general, a president's, a former president's wife, a couple athletes. And, um, and then Dan was the guy that would close the day out. And Dan was a marketer for entrepreneurs. And in his opening speech, he talks about being bankrupt twice, mm-hmm. having a drinking problem. He's an alcoholic, so he had to stop drinking, being a diabetic, and getting divorced twice. And actually, Dan has a great joke because he's been, he's had two wives that he's been married three times. Ah. And so he got divorced from Carla, and then, and then they eventually worked it out, and he got remarried again. So he had the best joke. He's like, yep, third time I married, I married into money, mine. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, every time I hear that, that cracks me That's up. funny. But, um, but, you know, the dude was real. And what he pointed out was, number one, any entrepreneur can relate to that because most bankruptcies do come from medical, divorce, business failures. Those right. are the three, num- three top reasons for bankruptcy. And he's like, by talking about it, first of all, I de-armed it. So no one could use it against me. Well, you think you're some big business kid, you and you went bankrupt. And it's like, yeah, twice. I sucked. And then I figured it out. And let me show you. So you don't have to get, they couldn't use it against them. He goes, but secondly, he goes, after every speech, he goes, three types of people would come off to him. People that were going through a divorce, like, dude, thank you so much for sharing that. People that were going bankrupt or had been bankrupt, like, thank you. I was so ashamed. And Somebody talked about it, and guess what? People that were alcoholics. And so he goes, look, it was, you know, just being straight, but it actually bonded me to the audience more. Right. Um, Dominic, I think we need to wrap this because yep. I was dealing with a business. Speaking of, I was dealing with a business problem that I was trying to get sorted out here, uh, which is why the show was a couple minutes late. And so I got to go back to it because I've got my day of appointment starts in 12 minutes. And um, sadly, they're not getting cleaned up around today. They're getting hoodie run. And um, so thankfully, it's not any new clients. But um, again, they probably wouldn't care. But next week, we've got Irene, the credit queen, coming on here. She is hilarious. She is smart. She talks fast. You guys will absolutely love her. She runs a company called Hannah Financial. She's going to talk about, we'll probably get like four hours worth of content into the hour. But you guys will love her. Um, and then don't forget, you can always check out our back shows at makemorekeepmoreshow.com. And apparently I'm going to have to tag next week's episode with the explicit content. So just as a warning, yeah, yeah, if you have sensitive ears, like, get over it. You'll be okay. Like adult language, so. But anyway. yeah, I'm excited about that. Debt's actually still one of our top uh episodes of all time with some of the stuff we've talked about about debt so i expect that will be a a crowd pleaser it's gonna be fascinating to hear from her and by the way if you guys have any suggestions for anyone you'd like to see or or any subjects you'd you'd like guys we'd love to hear that yeah for sure so let us know you know we kind of slapped the show together a little bit today but i think we covered some good stuff um of course i would because i'm biased but um 
yeah we'll see you guys next week don't miss that show you guys will love it awesome good seeing you ron have a great day for us man i'll chat with you later all right talk soon bye